she popped up at the General Hospital. Is it called General Hospital? It is called General Hospital. Welcome back to Generally Not at a Hospital. I'm Julia. I love General Hospital a lot. I'm Claire, and I love General Hospital a lot, too. But I have a lot of frustrations right now. Okay. (laughs) Um, So, this is the episode from Monday, April 27th. So, we had a lot of cold opens this week. I think we got kind of spoiled last week um, with just a couple. So, we check in on Molly and Brando, um, and outside the bar, and Molly's like, you're talking to my sisters. Well, they're my half-sisters, but all of this, but never mind about my family tree. I'm like, no, Molly, I need all the information about your family tree. Please never stop. Um, And then there's another flashback of them kissing and flirting, and and, and please don't ever show that again. I don't ever need you to do that. This episode was very flashback-heavy, but not the flashbacks I've been enjoying so much. It was just very recent flashbacks. Very recent flashbacks that they basically would reference exactly in the present, show us, and then they would just tell us immediately again. Yes. So they weren't very helpful flashbacks. They weren't really illuminating anything new or emphasizing any even like emotional and character beats. It was very... It made me feel crazy because they would, they would allude to something. They'd show the flashback and then they'd reca- recap it in extreme detail. So this is an example of just time filler flashbacks. Yeah. Speaking of time fillers, the next cold open is a full scene with Mac and TJ about what TJ remembers from his kidnapping, which we saw in its entirety last episode. Yeah, I noticed that too, and and sometimes there'll be sort of an overlap of a few lines yes, to lead into the next episode. A few lines. But it was fully the entire scene. And, you know, if it was... If it had been, like, that scene with Lulu and Laura that we loved from a few episodes ago, I would have happily watched the entire scene again. But it was also possibly the most boring scene of either the episode it originally aired in or in this episode, which was just Mac asking TJ logistical questions about what he may have smelled or seen while he was being kidnapped. I mean, just just inane to have seen it twice in a row. And it cuts off at the same point when he's about to tell him what he does here, what he did see and hear, which is incredible. The rest of their scene is amazing. But the setup, this was just a beat by, was just the exact scene over again. I mean, I guess the weekend had passed for people, but they've never repeated an entire scene like that. Um, it, and I think the music was more ominous this time. Mm. I might be wrong. Um, the next cold open was a scene with Neil and Alexis where they're at a bar or a restaurant talking about how their life has a lot of coincidences. One of which is that we've already seen this scene as well. Yeah. It played again in its entirety. So deja vu. Then we cut to Cyrus Renault and Lulu and Laura talking um, at the Metro Court. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it was just the same scene over again with no new information. Double deja vu. And then Sonny and Carly and Jason talk a little bit about um, Elizabeth suggest- suggest- Elizabeth's suggestion to get a DNR for Sonny. Mike. Yes, sorry, DNR for, for Mike. Um, 
so the cold opens were less cold open and more like they were just very extended repetition scenes. They didn't set us up to be psyched for this episode. No, and then I kind of, and so I really wasn't at first, and then I got more and more psyched. So I was like, oh my god, are they just going to replay the last episode, essentially? Yeah. Um, but, but it did, it did grow, it like grew on me. So I'll, I will sound very unenthused for a while, but I'll get there. Um, so, um, Cyrus Renault offers Laura campaign contributions she says no and suggests that he donate money to freeing Port Charles of illegal drugs and social work. Social, um... Yes, let's free Port Charles of that pesky social work. Oh, sorry, sorry. You know, like, after school yeah. activities and um, um, addiction recovery and things like that. And then he was like, no, I'll donate to whatever organization would most benefit from my investments. And I was like, the Jerome crime family? Because that seems to be the direction he's going. Um, so that might be one of his investments. Which I'm, I'm really interested because neither of the Jeromes are, like, actively in the mob anymore. He just seemed so into recruiting Julian in yeah, the last episode. it's making me nervous because I, well, I don't really give a shit about Julian too much, but I love Ava and I don't want her to get pulled back into that nonsense. Um, I mean, Julian either, but yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see. We shall see. Um... Um, uh, the, you called them the Davis sisters last time. The Davis girls. The Davis girls. So I'm going to use that because I kept writing Sam and Christina and Molly and it was just a lot to write. So the Davis girls are talking and they say about one line of dialogue and then we get a flashback to whatever they're talking about. And again, no, no new, real new information. Um, but they do flashback to, um, TJ and Molly coming up with calling each other domestic partners and it's genius and it's very us and I'm like y'all are boring <laughs> um <laughs> so that was my big takeaway okay here we go so I was like not at, Neil and Alexis had another scene I didn't care about but here we go get ready TJ and Mac so it all <laughs> paid off so the repetition was whatever but then we get into it okay so we start off slow so TJ is like, I smelled, it smelled damp, like it was near water. Max like, great note, we'll search somewhere near water. And then I was like, oh, that's, that's, you know, that's a good example of a detail that like, it's not really um, incredibly specific, but it might give the investigators a place to start. Good job, TJ, like good, you know, a lot of trauma and kidnapping. Then he's like, oh yeah, I remember one of the kidnappers had a ringtone that was my old Kentucky home. The song they play at the Kentucky Derby. Molly and I like to watch and place our own bets on the horses. <laughs> what? I mean... What is happening? Clearly, they're setting up TJ, Molly, and Brando to all become one just happy threesome that just fucking love horses. No, I just... I could not believe this because that... Like, I can't believe TJ referenced horses on his own. I can't believe TJ knew that song... From watching the Kentucky Derby. Also, Molly and TJ are so boring. Aren't they <laughs> supposed to be like a young couple in their early 20s? They place bets with each other on the Kentucky Derby? Are they middle are they a middle-aged couple? Hide are I mean, they pod kind of. are they pod people? Oh my god. And really, I I mean your 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 takeaway of a love triangle or threesome, but Brando and TJ are the real soulmates here. They both 
talk about horses all the time, even when like they're describing being kidnapped. I can't believe TJ just volunteered that. He wasn't embarrassed to share, to share that he knew the theme song to the Kentucky Derby. I could talk about this forever. That's the weirdest detail. Should we, should we play some bets on how long it will take either TJ or Brando to bring horses to each other? Oh, two episode tops. Two episodes tops. Okay, okay. It's gonna happen. Ugh. Even... And then he goes on and is like, okay, I... Like, he, he gives... Okay, so unprompted, he talks about the ringtone. He gives this whole backstory about why he knows the song. And Mac's like, anything else? Like, he's, <laughs> he's like, he's judge, he's he's doing what I'm doing. He's, like, judging this kid. And then the ringtone guy brought me smoothies and had a southern accent. And Mac is like, anything else distinctive besides the smell of water? Because, I don't know, if a southern guy and the ringtone mean anything? He's like... The ringtone guy had taps on his shoes, which maybe is like a cowboy know. boot thing because he's from the South and has a Kentucky Derby thing. Maybe. Um, TJ seemed to guess he was a tap dancer, which was, I was not expecting wild. That. Um, so <laughs> I just, there's a lot to unpack there and none of it seemed helpful for this criminal investigation, but I feel like I have a whole picture of TJ that I have a... Did not expect. No, see, I feel like... <laughs> what if instead of Brando, Molly's one-night stand had been with a southern-accented tap dancer? Yes! That would the be conflict. dramatic. That would be dramatic. Um, I, I just... That scene was something else. A highlight. Highlight of my life. Like... Okay, um, all right, so then there were some other flashbacks that weren't interesting. (laughs) I want to hear more about the Kentucky Derby. Um, Sonny and Carly are home, and he's like, how are the little girls? And I'm like, oh, they do have two little girls. That's cute. That's fine. Um, uh, TJ's leaving the hospital after talking to Mac. He sees Felix, who again is just there to like point two seconds of screen time. Yeah, to to get him to say something. And TJ's like, "Oh, after everything Molly's been through, I have an idea for a sweet surprise." And then gets into an elevator, and I, oh my god, he's not even like an angel, like how I think Michael's an angel. He's like, he's I don't know. He's he's just this like, you know, in in um. Jane Austen novels, they describe people as, oh, he's an amiable young man, and that's his entire personality. That's where I'm landing right now. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely setting him up to be so perfect just to, like, really screw the wrenches into Molly. But not perfect, like this oblivious nothing person. Well, y- yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, okay. Um, Jordan and Curtis, I wrote blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's pretty much it. Curtis is like, let's find out Cyrus Renault's vulnerabilities and let him know we w- he's won. Let him think he's won, and then we'll bring him down. It's just all it's just all gibberish, cut and paste from Law and Order. Yeah, and I, I di- it did make me though want them to um, it, like clue Mac in. Like, stop lying and trying to work against your own. 
detectives and everybody, just, you're the commissioner, sanction your own undercover thing where you're playing Cyrus, but also then you have the full resources of your department and you don't have to be, like, sneaking and hiding and trying to, like, disrupt their legitimate investigation. I mean, I don't think she can go undercover again and Cyrus would trust her. No, no, not fully, but it, 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 like they were saying, like, get close to him, find out his weaknesses, let him think he's winning. So it, it, when he, like, asks her to, you know, oh, make sure you don't have a patrol here at this time, like, so, like, play into the whole, like, dirty cop thing. Not, like, leave her job as commissioner and go undercover in his organization, like, fully, but get just get more backup instead of just trying to half-ass this on your own. It's just all so stupid. I can't even think about th- things like that. Which well, I'm should trying be. to think how it would be, you know, this would make it less stupid, ideally. I, no, I, mm, no, I can't process anything okay. about this story anymore. <laughs> I, 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 I don't care, and it's dumb, and the stakes are always at this, like, level... The, the stakes are always at this, like, level, this high level... Where it just becomes white noise. Mm. Um, okay, but then we get more Brando. Okay. <laughs> um, so Brando goes over to Sunny and Carly's to get some paperwork about the garage or something. And Carly's like, what do you think of the remodel? And they talked about it, and I zoned out because I was just imagining Brando being like, well, there's no hay or saddles hanging anywhere. It doesn't seem like, like a stable for horses, but like, it's fine. That's, they talked about other things that I wasn't paying attention to. Um, and then Carly's like, okay, how is the garage? And he's like, I have one customer. Her name is Molly Lansing Davis. <laughs> and, and Carly immediately kind of clocks that. And she's like, yeah, it's Sunny's niece. Did you give her a discount? And he's like, no, Carly. He gave her something else. Um, and then we get the first semi-interesting flashback, because I don't really know anything about the storyline, of Brando getting being kind of mad. And he's like, hey, I backed you up in your plan to be Dev's father, even though I just met you. And Sunny's like, but we're family. And that was pretty much it, but I hadn't seen anything pre... Um, Brando mo- meeting Molly. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. So I don't really know anything about that storyline. I don't know if it'll become relevant, but um, that was somewhat interesting. Um, um, okay, so Lulu and Laura and Cyrus exchange veiled threats. They recap things. Then we see a flashback of what they recapped. And then... Valentine gets a text from Sunny, from an unknown number, Sunny, saying the meeting is back on. Valentine? Oh, oh, I was thinking about Valentine, sorry. Cyrus Renault gets a text from Sunny about the meeting being back on from an unknown number, but from Jason mm-hmm. or Sunny. Um, and I do think it's funny in situations like that that they don't save each other's numbers because I was, what if you just put, like, enemy number one or, like, Sunny, the rival mob boss? I guess you wouldn't do that. Just have people save each other under cutesy names. Um, but, okay, here's the first interesting thing of this on that storyline. After Cyrus Rowe leaves, Lulu gets a call from Diane that Valentine dropped contesting the custody suit. So that was exciting. So I'm, I'm glad they're going to talk about that pivot because that's my favorite recent thing. Um, TJ and Brando are soulmates. Uh, we're about to see a scene with them. So... TJ basically is like, all amiable, like, like, hi, I'm here to pick up a car for, you know, for my partner. And then, I didn't even track this, but he's like, yeah, you know, it's under Molly Lansing Davis, and, um, 
Brando's like, yeah, here's the bill and the keys. And TJ just goes from zero to 100 <laughs> so quickly and just gets insanely suspicious. And I wasn't even, I couldn't even figure out what he was reacting to. But then he was like, don't you need to see my ID? And Brando was like, I guess. And he looks at his ID and he's like, okay, you have the same address. Here you go. And TJ's just like, I don't even know where his brain is going. But that was weird. Um, I don't, do, do you have I, thoughts? I have nothing. <laughs> I mean, I guess in real life, if someone did walk into an auto shop to pick up a car that they had not dropped off, I would hope they would ask for some sort of proof of identity or ownership or... I just, what is TJ suspicious about? Like, I... <laughs> like, like not great business practices by this guy who just started a garage for no reason because his uncle gave it to or his cousin gave it to him. Like, that's fine. But I, I thought he was going to say something like, how do you know Molly's address or how do so you... would be on the paperwork. I know, but like, there was absolutely no reason for him to be suspicious that I could tell. It was weird. I don't think he's like suspicious about, like, I don't think he's thinking that this strange man had a one-night stand with his girlfriend. I think they're just teasing tension any way they possibly can because we know right. why there should be there tension or will be tension. So I think ultimately my theory is that TJ can hear the ominous music because uh. the music was so ominous and I was like, did I miss something? Did um, So anyway, I need them to talk about horses very soon in mm-hmm. Bond because yes. right now there's there's a lot of tension. Um Lulu and Laura are back at someone's house. And I was just like, yes, 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 talk about Valentine. Um, so Lulu is like, I don't trust him. I still want to go to family court. I'm not sure if there's any benefit to that than just getting it over with. But I guess I vote that's fine because it might be more drama. Um, but she thinks he's trying to pull something. Then we see a flashback, which I did not mind, to Valentine's conversation with Laura and his kind of realization and wanting to instill, like, non-evil uh, values into Charlotte. And then Lulu's, and then Laura's like, and I know this is, given the new information she received about Valentine, she's like, I think he might be telling the truth, but that's the exact same tactic she's been using. So Lulu's like, oh my God, mom, stop defending him. Yeah. So I totally get why, why Lulu is like frustrated with her mom or should be frustrated with her mom. Um, uh, the... Back to the Davis sisters, Molly kind of recaps the whole thing with the car and her, um, like, tiny accident and her thought process for what to do with the car and how she took it to the mechanic, and the mechanic was really kind and didn't take advantage of her, and, oh, by the way, it was Brando Corbin, and immediately they're like, okay, that's the person you slept with, that's fine, um, but she does talk a lot, and it was a, it was a very lengthy recap that didn't seems super necessary and Christina was like good for you and Sam was like that's not helpful that's not helpful um I want to hang out with Christina more though she seems fun she um, is and then the last scene is Cyrus Renault and Sonny Jason's there being quiet and then Cyrus Renault's henchman is there being quiet so maybe we'll get to meet his henchman maybe he has a, a, a past and a romantic Thing, like Jason has Sam, they're both just quiet, stoic henchmen in this scene. Yes. Um, but um, I like Jason better, don't worry. 
Um, and then, like, Cyrus Snow brings up Sonny's father, which is, of course, like, pushing buttons. And Sonny's like, you involved my father when he tried to take me out in front of him. And then Sonny like, says, you threatened my son and tried to kill my wife. Yeah, I think he, like, this was a little while ago, I think they, um, Cyrus Renault tried to, like, do a bunch of, it was, like, all in one night, Cyrus had a bunch of people, uh, he tried to shoot a bunch of people, or, you know, had his men shoot a bunch of people. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things was Sonny and Mike in New York, they were in Brooklyn, and mm-hmm. there was a shootout, which they've referenced, and then I think think Laura was somewhere with some other characters and I think there was um and they were shot at and I think there was a third location I think the warehouse um where Carly was at the was at like one of Sunny's warehouses um and so there was a lot of shooting going on I don't think anyone died or anyone of significance um, but I think that's when, like, Laura got shot, which they've referenced. Right. Um, and Carly was shot at, and I think actually Brando saved her life or something. He was at the warehouse, too. Um, and I think Joss might have been at, like, the pier with, like, Laura and some other characters. Okay. So, lots of people got shot at. Gotcha. And maybe, oh, and maybe, because it's, that, so, tried to kill my wife, shot at a bunch of people, but did he say something like you threatened my son? Because that has to be Michael, right? Uh, yeah. Dante's been out of town for a while, and Morgan's been dead for a while. So and then the he has only daughters. So yeah, the rest are all girls. So Michael and Cyrus Renault must have had a run-in at some point. I might have misheard that, to be fair. I don't remember specifically the line that you're referring to, okay. so I'm not positive. Um, but that if was... he did, it would have it would have had to have been Michael, and it might not have been a direct run-in. Okay. Because Cyrus only got out of jail recently, remember. Right. But, you know, maybe one of his men targeted. Gotcha. You know what? I think Michael might have been with Laura and Joss at the pier or wherever oh, the okay. shooting was. Gotcha. That 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 was actually that was actually really helpful because in my mind Cyrus Renault is kind of a vague drug trafficker. And I guess I knew that he'd shot Laura at some point. But this like very targeted, widespread attack was kind of new to me or this helped me piece it together. Um outlining why he's maybe a little more of a threat. And trying to take out Sonny in front of his dad, I, I forget that was all involved with this. Yeah. In my brain, sometimes things are stretched out really far over the timeline. Um, so that was helpful into like, the sort of crime, mafia, mob, boss, back and forth. Um, but yeah, that's kind of all I had. It was a really weird mix of like really repetitious stuff, Stuff I was really interested in, the Lulu and Valentine. We didn't get enough of that, but a mm-hmm. little bit of that. Um, I liked Laura confronting Cyrus and trading veiled threats. I loved every moment with TJ because he's just like this weird little mystery to me. I don't <laughs> understand him at all. Um, there was a lot of Brando, again, who's just a weird character that I'm enjoying. Um, and then some repetition I didn't care about as much. It was cool to see the three sisters together, but I wish they talked about slightly more interesting things. And then um, I I care zero percent about Jordan and Curtis right now. Um, so it was it was not like a dynamite episode like was that the last couple of the last couple. Of the last couple. Um, but like when it was good, it was really really good. Um, and when it was boring, it was when it was not good, it was at least entertaining and making me go crazy. So I was engaged a hundred percent. Amazing. 
Um, okay, so um, for History Corner, I think we talked uh, off camera, you know what I mean, about doing the Davis Girls History Part 2. So let's, I guess, start with what you do know about them. Or, or, or where are your knowledge gaps? I guess my knowledge gaps are, um, I guess, a little bit about their, you explained to me a little of their dynamic. So I'm going to get this wrong. Uh, Alexis raised Sam, did not raise Sam. Correct. Sam, Sam. <laughs> Sam flew into town as an adult. Uh-huh. And did not know that Alexis was her mother, unlike Carly and Bobby. Right. And then also then found out Julian was her father. Right. And Julian's a recent addition. Alexis has been around since at least the 90s. Okay. Julian's been on the show for like, he was on in the 80s, but had no connection to Alexis at the time okay. that we were in aware of. Because I don't, not, I'm not sure that the time even overlapped on the show. This is a new connection that they wrote into the show when Julian came back a few years ago. Right. That makes sense. Because um, she's the oldest, so that she was is. different. And then um, um, Christina, Alexis did raise Christina, mm-hmm. and then Alexis raised Molly. Yes. So they kind of grew up together. They did. And Molly's dad is someone whose last name is Lansing. Rick Lansing? <laughs> Rick Lansing, yeah. And he is Sunny's half-brother. He is. Okay. So I don't know how he and Sunny are half-brothers of different names, maybe through their mother. As I guess. As I answered my own question. Um, I guess my real knowledge gaps are um, maybe Sam's dynamics with her parents um, or anything about Christina, really. Mm Because all I know about Christina is that she's Sunny's daughter, but I've only seen her at the bar with her sisters. Right. So I don't know anything about her dynamic with Sunny. Um... I don't know anything about her past, except that she was involved in the cult storyline. Mm-hmm. And she seems a little bit like a wild child. She, she is a little bit. So, um, oh. so, so that's my gap with Sam. That's my gap, gap with Christina. And then my gap with Molly is um, I need to know everything about her interest in the Kentucky Derby because it seems like a foundational aspect of her and TJ's <laughs> relationship. And I need to know if that comes from TJ or from Molly who is the driven horse obsessee because that person should end up with Brando whether it's TJ or Molly okay so those Good that's deal. what I'm interested in well you know um the the Molly TJ uh horse obsession um I, I think we're gonna see play out on screen in the you know the coming days in the storyline with Brando so I don't think we're gonna dive too deep into the horse of it all um so we'll 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 stick to Sam and Christina mostly. Okay. Um, so, when Sam came into town, um, Christina was, I want to say, like, t- somewhere between, like, toddler and five years old, and Molly was, like, a baby. Or maybe was born after Sam got into town, but definitely before they knew that Sam and Alexis were mother and daughter. And, um, so, so Molly and Christina have effectively known Sam their whole lives. Um, fun fact, Molly is very, Molly was, they were both, like, sore-assed, um, but Molly, entertainingly to me, should be, like, 
a little younger, like a year or two younger than Cam. <laughs> okay. Cam, weirdly, never really been sore-assed. Like, Cam's approximately the right age. He's like 16 or so. Um, Molly should be like around that age. But obviously she's like, you know, in law school. Um, and so Sam and Alexis had a really tumultuous start to their relationship. They did not get along at first, um, because Sam was involved with Jason and the mob and Alexis was a lawyer and it was, I think either, I don't know if she was ever the DA, but Rick might've been the DA. They were very much, you know, on the other sort of side of the law and Rick and Sonny have a really difficult relationship where like Rick simultaneously like wants his approval but also wants to like be the good brother but he's like not he's the worst um but he and Alexis were married and they were kind of raising Molly and Christina and Alexis and um Sam were really butting heads and then um there was a health issue um, with Christina, I think she might have had leukemia or something, and she needed, um, a, like, donation of something, and at the time, Sam was pregnant with Sonny's baby. What? Ew, 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 <laughs> ew, 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 ew. And, um, Alexis kind of badgered Sam into helping Christina because whatever stem cells or whatever from the baby, um, because they shared Sonny as a father, um, Alexis, like, I think finally kind of convinced Sam to do it, even though Sam was worried about the harm to her own child and Sam ended up losing the baby. So Sam and Alexis really rocky start. And then they, once they find, found out that they were related, Alexis was, that was before she knew it was her daughter? Yeah. She yeah. thought it was this other, this woman who also had a child with Sunny. Right. So it wasn't because of Sam's connection to Christina. It was because of her babies through Sunny. So then when they found out they were mother and daughter, you know, it did not go super well at first. Alexis kind of immediately moved into like overprotective mom mode, but like in a really overbearing way which Sam did not appreciate at first, um, and it was really, really rocky. But they worked through it eventually, and now they, for the most part, have a really good relationship. Um, go quick, yeah. quick question about how that all came to be, because we've talked a lot about paternity tests and issues of paternity. Mm-hmm. How, does, how did she not know Alexis was her mother? Was, she, was it an adoption Yes. Thing? I think oh. we talked about this a couple episodes ago. Oh, okay. When um, Alexis was a teenager... She slept with Julian. I don't think the they either didn't exchange names or she forgot his name. And And then just gave the baby up for adoption. Her father forced her to. Okay. So she knew she had a daughter out there somewhere, did not know it was Sam. And um did not know um the connection. Okay. She just so knew. It's not a Nina level. Someone stole her baby while she was in a coma. <laughs> it's not it's Nina a level. Fairly standard adoption that does not involve um Frank Benson. That does not involve Frank Benson, unless we get another, you know, flashback where it's revealed that he had a hand in it. I'm just going to assume every adoption... um, Went through Frank Benson. Every adoption mishap went through Frank Benson. (laughs) 
Okay, good deal. Um, and then I think we talked a little bit about Sam and Julian's dynamic because years later, Sam's son, uh, Danny, had, I think, also cancer or something, and the only match was Julian. And then Julian, who at the time was still, like, actively a mob boss, kind of used the fact that he was the only donor for Danny as sort of, like, a shield. Um, and you did tell me about yes, that. Yes, yeah. So Sam and Julian, not on good terms. Um, and then, so Christina's fun. She, she was raised by Alexis and Sunny kind of interestingly. They're not as, like, they, they were not always very cohesive co-parents. They had a pretty rough custody battle. Um, but Christina spent a lot of time with Sunny. She and Michael were really, really close growing up. They were kind of inseparable, um, once they were sourced into teenagers anyway. And, um... She went through a lot. She had a um, abusive relationship with her, like high school boyfriend, um, who like f- like physically beat her, and then Sunny had a really rocky m- marriage with this other mob family, this like woman from this other mob family. They were trying to like, it was like sort of an arranged marriage business deal type situation, and it was very very not good. And that's the woman that uh, Michael killed because she, like, kidnapped Carly. Claudia. Claudia, yeah. And so Claudia... Wait, Claudia kidnapped Carly? Yeah. Remember we talked about this. Michael killed her sort of accidentally trying to protect Carly. I thought it was to protect Jocelyn. I think Carly was either pregnant with Jocelyn or Jocelyn was a baby. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, um... So Claudia dies. And then her brother blames Sunny, and then Christina's kind of all messed up about what happened with her and sort of extrapolates that Sunny was abusing Claudia, which maybe he was emotionally, but he never, like, hit her. So, um, she starts, like, fake dating Johnny to piss Sunny off. Who's Johnny? Claudia's brother. Oh, ew. Yeah, he was, like, a fully grown man. Yeah. Um, she was, like, 17, but they didn't actually do anything, thank goodness. Um, it was, it was a lot. And then, I think she and Sunny kind of made up. Um, so, yeah, she, Wild Child is a little bit right. She, like, (laughs) there was a whole storyline, um, so Christina's bi, which is great, but it was a really awkward coming out storyline because it all sort of came out, no pun intended, because she had propositioned a female professor in exchange for a better grade, and so she got, like, kicked out of college and had to come home, and, like, she was dealing with the not wanting to tell her parents about her sexuality, but also not wanting to tell them that she had dropped out of school or, or been kicked out of school. Um, and so she was feeling really, like, isolated and alone. And then she starts hanging out with Dawn of Day. Okay. Which purported itself to be, you know, a, a volunteering and charity organization and, like, helping you connect with yourself. And the guy who, who ran it, Shiloh, had written some, you know, schmaltzy book about, you know, whatever your inner crap. So... She starts, like, living at the house and getting really involved, and Shiloh is more than happy to use Christina, but he's really fixated on Sam, um, because of stuff in Sam's past that I won't get too into, but basically, Sam then sort of pretends to fall for his line, because they're trying to get Christina out, and Christina Right, and we saw that it's her sister. 
Well, yes, but I meant... <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I was at least confident in your knowledge of that much. Yeah. No, no, I was just going to say, like, Christine was sort of in too deep. She couldn't be, like, talked out of it, and they didn't want to sort of leave her in there alone and at Shiloh's mercy. And we saw that great flashback scene where Jason goes in, like, literally scoops her up and takes her out of the house. Yes, that was a last resort. Um, but, yes, it is a very good thing that they did. Was anyone else involved in the cult that I know other than Willow and Harmony and... Christina? Mm, uh, well, n- sort of tangentially, um, and, and didn't really get um, into it into, to the point of like being in danger themselves, but um, Joss's boyfriend, Oscar, who died, mm. was involved. Um, and I think, so he'd like died of cancer, and Shiloh had like manipulated him or, or talked him into um, leaving his shares of ELQ to Shiloh, so that that whole stupid shares storyline that we've not really been paying any attention to. There was some fallout from that. Wait, then, is, is Oscar a quarter main? No. Yes. Is Oscar a quarter main? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, kind of. Well, I mean, he, he, he is, it's complicated. His father was Drew. Jason's twin brother. Yes. So their mom was a woman named Susan Moore and their father was Alan Quartermain. Who is, again, the twins? Yeah. So Oscar, Oscar is a quarter man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, like, it wasn't his last name or anything. Yeah. But um, he was raised by his mom and didn't know who his dad was until recently. But, um, and then also Brad was kind of involved with Dawn of Day, Lucas's husband. Oh, who, he's, he's the one who stole the baby. Or who... Uh, swapped the baby in, he, he, in... He's the one who knew about it, because there's... Yeah. I like Lucas and I don't like Brad. Oh, Yeah. That's, I mean, that's fair. Brad, Brad is, I don't, bless I don't, his heart. I know nothing about Brad except he was involved with the cult and did the baby thing. Yeah, he's done some pretty shady stuff. And Lucas is related to Laura and Luke. Uh, yes. He is Laura's son with someone else. No. He's Lucky's son with someone No. He's Luke's son with someone else. No, none of the above. He is, though. No. He's someone's son with someone else. Yes. Brilliant. You've cracked it. Um, I've told you this. It's super fair. You don't remember. We've not really seen very much of him. I remember you telling me. I don't mm-hmm. remember what it is. So, okay. So he was adopted. So we've got two sets of parents. Um, the parents who raised him and why his name is Lucas, because he is named for Luke. His adoptive parents are Bobby Spencer, Luke's sister. And her husband, now deceased, Tony Jones. Right. Because they adopted a couple people. Um, sort of. They, Tony had a daughter with his first wife that Bobby adopted when she married him. And then they adopted Lucas together. Lucas's biological parents are this woman named Cheryl, I think, who's unimportant. Um, currently on the screen, I mean. And Julian. Oh. So he's Sam's brother through Julian biologically, and he's Carly's brother by adoption. Okay. I'm sorry I asked about Oscar. I don't know how we got here. This is Lucas. This isn't even Oscar anymore. But but we. I feel like it all... Yeah. It, it I know. Started a whole conversation. We did get slightly off track of the Davis girls. Yes. Um, but you, you were asking follow-up questions about the cult, and it kind mm-hmm. of snowballed, so... Because okay. I, asked, I asked about Oscar and, and being a corner main and the right. ELQ shares, and then who else was involved with the cult, right. and it was Brad, yeah. and yeah. 
And there's lots and of things. And now you've recapped our whole conversation. Amazing. Yes. Um, and then not, I, I think we should probably wrap up, but since we're talking about the Davis girls, I, I did tell you this. I don't know if you remember. Y- y- do you recall that they're all Cassidines technically too? Because Alexis because, is. Because I was going to say that because Alexis is technically a Cassidine. I knew Yes. That. You told me. Good. Okay. Told Just me. checking. Just checking. I heard her father was Miko's Cassidine, Helena's husband. Gotcha. So she's Helena's actual child. No. <laughs> you just said she's Helena's child with Miko's. No, I said she's her father is was Helena's husband. Oh, Miko's okay. Cassidine. He had an affair. Okay. And Helena had an affair too, and that's Valentine. You're getting it. Can I look at your family tree yet? Oh, we should we we look up recording and like actually look at it. I don't know how that. Oh no, I want. I was wondering if by all this all this talking and remembering, if you think I'm worthy yet. Am I ready? (laughs) Am I ready to absorb the family tree? It's more that I just don't want to confuse you further. Do you want to look at the family tree? Maybe later. That'll be a milestone when you think I know enough that it won't confuse me. You can find Generally Not at a Hospital almost anywhere you listen to podcasts and on Tumblr and Twitter under the name GH Musings. Come say hi. The thing that surprised me the most was when it cut to the hospital scene, I was like, oh, there's a hosp- there's an actual hospital in this, which sounds dumb, <laughs> but I'd never thought about what the title was for.